Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. Battle. Now this is more like it. When and where was this battle of Drakenmoor, Master Tavernkeeper? Ah, well, the Battle of Drakenmoor occurred a full ten years after the epoch-changing defeat of the Orc and Goblin hordes of Warlord Urgluk Bloodfang by the dwarven forces of High King Kurgan Ironbeard and the human tribes led by Sigmar Heldenhammer at the uh, Battle of Black Fire Pass. The battle itself ended with the killing of Bloodfang by Sigmar himself, which brought about an effective end to the Goblin Wars. Although, in the aftermath, the Greenskins were still plentiful and remained a present and real threat. They were just leaderless and directionless. Ach, the Goblin Wars? Ah, yes. Well, the Goblin Wars is a period in dwarf history, one that lasted around 15 centuries, when the Greenskins, primarily goblins, but also the Ratmen, Trolls, Ogres, and the Scions of Chaos, besieged and took many of the dwarf holds located in the World's Edge Mountains. They began a full 20 years after the War of the Beard. Ah, uh, the, the war between the uh, elves and the dwarves, before you ask, Cedric. And a very long and complex tale for another time, before you ask, Heinrich. Oh, you uh, read my mind, Master Tavernkeeper. Ah, well, in the tavern-keeping business, it pays to be present and aware of those around you. Anyway, the Goblin Wars were sparked off by a great unnatural disaster. Do you recall that my friend, the Archmage Calhordis Whitemane, had hypothesized that the Skaven in the ruins of Old Kavzar had created some sort of arcane machine to uh, carve out an under-empire for themselves, and that this had gone awry and unleashed massive waves of energy across the Old World? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The one you said shook the backbone of the uh, World's Edge Mountains. Ah, indeed, the very same. This disaster heralded what the dwarves term the Time of Woe. And as once dormant volcanoes reignited, lava erupted from the earth hither and thither, and deadly geysers and earthquakes ravaged the lands of the east. The everlasting realm of the dwarves was broken and its holds exposed. The subsequent invasions of the dwarf holds are called the Goblin Wars, and the first to fall was Karak Ungor, which means a delving hold in Kazalid, the, uh, the tongue of the dwarves. This overlooks the site of the Battle of Drakenmoor and was the reason that Sigmar was there at all. Och, 
So wait a moment. What happened to this hold then? During the, uh, the Goblin Wars? Uh, out of interest. Ah, a tangent. Yes, well, yes, well. Why shouldn't we go on a tangent? Yes, let's quickly touch upon the fall of Karak Ungor, shall we? The fall of Karak Ungor. Karak Ungor was famed for its vast network of mining tunnels that delved deep, too deep, some argue, below the mountain fortress. There was much to mine there, for it was built over a natural fault line that was rich. Uh, the word rich doesn't do it justice. No, no, it was abundant in veins of the rarest and most precious of metals. Indeed, the mines of Karak Ungor became the deepest in the Dwarf Empire. The delving continued until even the Masters of the Hold lost track of just how expansive the mining network had become. Then came the time of woe, and it was through this expansive but now cracked network of tunnels, caverns, and halls that the dwarfs had mined out that Karak Ungor was taken by the Night Goblins of the Red Eye Tribe some 1,499 years before the start of the Imperial Calendar. The invaders emerged from the deepest mine works, bursting forth into the heart of the Dwarf City. Thus, the defenders had little chance to truly defend the hold, as all their ingenious defences were bypassed. Bloodthirsty packs of squeaks were driven ahead of the goblins, tearing into anyone and anything before them and leaving trails of blood behind them. Mobs of spear-wielding night goblins rampaged through the city's living quarters, killing the old and the young indiscriminately. The dwarf warriors who manned the dozens of interlocking levels of defense that surrounded the outermost layers of the hold tried their best to get back to defend the women and beardlings, but in the scramble, the warriors of the hold were unable to organize, and many formations fell piecemeal. Normally, unbreakable knots of dwarves held chokehold points to stem the flow of greenskins, but inevitably each was unpicked and each of the major tunnels were taken, although the cost to the invaders was high in each and every case. Things were bad. With a heavy heart, King Cargson of the Stonehelm clan ordered Karak Ungor to be abandoned. But he did not lead the retreat. Rather, he mounted a counterattack to buy time for his people to flee. Back! Push them back! Let not one more drop of innocent blood be spilt today! Instead, let us sell our lives for the highest possible price. 
Our ancestors are watching. Push them back. And so, into the jaws of death, he and his fellow warriors strode, leading a doomed rearguard attack. He knew what he was doing, and ordered that the archways of the secret tunnels were collapsed behind his retreating people, sealing himself and his bodyguards in with the rampaging goblin horde. The last sight the refugees saw of their lord was their king, Raising Folkleaver, his legendary runax, high. You greenskin filth! We are not trapped in here with you! You are trapped in here with us! Join us in death! And so the explosives were set off, as the valiant defenders sang with their lord in his death song. was no doubt a bloodbath on both sides, but the goblins had the numbers to take it. Karak Ungor fell. Kargson's people survived, and its fall was recorded in Karazakarak's Great Book of Grudges. Karak Ungor is now known as Red Eye Mountain after its current residence. Oh, my goodness. Truly, there are no finer souls than those of the dwarfs. Indeed, I wholeheartedly agree. And, true to form, the descendants of Karak Ungor have not given up on their dream of retaking the hold. The first attempt was 500 years later, some 975 years before the start of the Imperial Calendar. This was undertaken by King Skorri Morgrimson. We will take back what was taken. We will have what is ours. And we will wet our weapons, red and bloody, doing it.
The High King led a gigantic army in his attempt to retake the hold in what came to be known as the Battle of a Thousand Woes. Onwards, noble kin! Kill the Grobby! And kill they did. The army of Scurry succeeded in capturing both the Southern Valley and its gate, but were unable to turn aside the defending Goblin Horde and enter the Citadel itself. We cannot pass! The bloodshed on both sides was indescribable, but again, the goblins had the numbers and, after not insubstantial losses, Scurry and his army were forced to withdraw. Failure weighing on the king's furrowed brow heavier than any crown. Back in Karazakarak, Skari passed the crown onto his younger cousin, Rogni Stonehammer, took the Slayer's oath and died shortly afterwards, his honor at least saved by this final decision. This was not the final attempt to retake the hold, though. Karak Ungor was very important to the dwarves, and somewhere they desperately wished to see liberated, especially since there were, and still are, vast untapped veins of mineral wealth there. Expeditions from Karazakarak have been sent out many times to try and gain a foothold in the corrupted tunnels of the Delving, but few have even had a modicum of success. And even those that make any headway are soon overwhelmed and lost. Since the Battle of a Thousand Woes, two further kings have been killed, trying to recapture the hold. The first was Thoric Stonehammer, around 500 years later, and the second was Stonerag Stonehammer, about a decade after the Battle of Black Fire Pass. And it was the second of these expeditions that brought Sigmar Heldenhammer to the slopes of Red Eye Mountain. Ach, but excuse me interrupting you here, Septimus. How does all this, fascinating as it is, relate to this great enchanter fellow of yours? Ah, well, ostensibly it doesn't, at least not directly. And indeed, at the time of the fall of Karak Ungor, Drakenfels was in the Badlands marshalling his own horde of greenskins in a decade-long campaign that would eventually lead to the taking of the dwarf mine of Ekrund. However, it seems that in the aftermath of this conquest, news of the goings-on in the World's Edge Mountains reached his ears, and it was this. The opportunity for unique plunder and mass bloodshed that drew him north like a vulture to a bloody carcass. And so, over the next 1400 years, Drakenfels led his own armies of both Greenskins and the Undead, as the uh, vagaries of war dictated, in pillaging the Empire of the Dwarves, battling the other scavengers in the region, and indulging his own sadistic whims and fancies. That was all until Blackfire passed, though. Warlord Urgluk Bloodfang had been his 
primary rival in the region. His defeat at the hands of Sigmar created a power vacuum that Drakenfels had intended to exploit. But he had not counted on it being filled by the resurgent dwarves and their human allies. Green skins across the region turned to infighting, and this destabilized the predominant players and Drakenfell's plans. Over the coming decade, Drakenfell's managed to establish dominance by bolstering his goblin armies with demons, with uh, a certain amount of success. But all that ended when fate drew Sigmar Heldenhammer and the Great Enchanter together in the long shadow of the ruins of Karak Ungor.